0: Yeah, a lot of people do do, do follow the, the yield inversion, and it's always has predicted between six and 18 months ahead there's going to be a recession. But I, I think we're in recession. If we actually have transparent real figures, what is genuine growth, not created from fake units of currency, it just it's just a signal that it's, it's going to get even worse.
1: This is Robert Keens with GoldSilverPros.com. It is Friday, April 8th, 2022. I'm reaching you from Miami, where I was out at a speaker event last night and had a good time. I'm just working from a temporary office, and I'm joined by good friend Ian Everard of Arc Silver, to talk about the market and also talk about silver inventories, because I know that he works with a lot of the wholesalers and can give us some insight into that. Ian, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you again. We've had a lot go on, so there's a lot to talk about here in terms of the market. I wanna start off with some of the economic news that we've had over the last week. Of course, last Friday was non-farm payrolls. We came in at thousand, which was below the expected 700,000 print. So not getting quite as many jobs as they would have expected, although it's still a pretty, pretty healthy number um, that was printed, 431,000 versus the expectation of 750. So jobs are being created maybe not quite as fast, And, you know, that to me says that we're not growing fast enough to keep up with the need, in particular for taxes and paying off uh, interest on our debt, which is continuing to go up as the bond market, you know, continues to, the rates continue to surge forward. The other thing that happened, in recently was we had the inversion of the yield curve, meaning two-year bonds, uh, higher yield than 10-year bonds, which is abnormal because typically higher yield for higher risk. And typically, Ian, you think 10 years is more risk because there's a lot more unknowns.
0: Absolutely. And usually
1: yeah. when the two-year jumps above the 10-year, it's a signal of an oncoming recession. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What is it, you know, yield curve versus issues, uh, what does that mean for the economy? Are we going to head into a recession, do you think? Or, or what are your thoughts on that?
0: I, I would say we're in a recession. And mm-hmm. I would say we've been in a recession since 2008 so much of our GDP in America is government expenditure created out of nowhere by digital creation of units of currency. That's fake GDP. And the the big problem we've got now when approximately 50% of our GDP is government expenditure, we've just had huge misallocation of capital, resources and labour. So it's worse than a normal recession, because the deep, deep damage is being done, I, I would say, over the last 14 years to the American economy. And it doesn't matter which political party has been in power, they're, they're all all guilty of continu- continuing just ever-increasing government expenditure. And, and yeah, a lot of people do, do, do follow the, the yield inversion, and it's always has predicted between six and 18 months ahead there's going to be a recession. But I, I think we're in recession. If we actually have transparent real figures, what is genuine growth, not created from fake units of currency. It just, It's just a signal that it's, it's going to get even worse.
1: Yeah, the consumer credit has exploded uh, according to MarketWatch. It grows the most in 20 years, uh, which means when consumers are taking on additional credit, they don't have money. So basically savings are depleted um it was expected it only be 9 billion it was a 42 billion print yeah highest in 20 years I, I think the consumers are tapped out again and i don't yeah. know if if they're if the government has issues with tax revenues and paying off the debt and running these deficits the the, the average person's not going to be able to to save them at this point it's not like we all have a big piggy bank where we've been sitting here all rich you know the average person is just barely with inflation yeah. it's just barely making ends meet. yeah
0: and we've Even had a huge huge refinance and extraction of perceived wealth from personal property, personal real estate. And um, that's coming to an end. Now the Fed's not going to be not buying any mortgage-backed securities. Hence what a 30-year, I think I heard it's 5% now. So we've gone from 27 to 5%, not just because of the, the increase in the base rate, but because people who are issuing mortgages are thinking, I might have to honor this. I might have to hold this for 30 years i can't sell it off to fannie mae or freddie mac or whatever ever crazy thing they create to purchase them so th- that's huge because per- pretty well that's going to put a full stop to people cashing out of their real estate so already some of their perceived wealth is is evaporating like the morning mist and, and I, I i keep talking to prospective clients with millions in real estate and they think they're wealthy and i they think they're going to be fine forever but it's going to come a point they might not be able to actually extract any of that to, to buy anything with. It will just be stuck. There may be a notional value, but but no, one, no they won't be able to refinance even at
1: 5%. Yeah, I, I think the biggest news from the Fed not being uh, the largest buyer of the treasuries means that, like you said, the lenders know they can't just continue yeah. passing this off. Rates have risen. And if you're... A real estate investor or you're counting on equity in your home to be your piggy bank you may want to look at okay is this market sustainable for example in the last three years property prices in my neck of the woods in north texas have doubled now that's the first time in my lifetime in over 40 years i've ever seen property prices double in three years in texas yeah we typically have not had that bubble like you've seen in california or the east coast florida those types of places but that has firmly come to texas and you know, if if I went out and bought a house, you know, an average three-bedroom, two-bath house now for four hundred grand where I live, that that's two and a half times what it was five to six years ago. Yeah. But I, I run the prospect of having, being underwater, you know, like you buy a car and you didn't buy it at the right price and, and you're underwater on that. And so when you go to refinance or get a new car, they have to roll in the overage that you have into your new contract. Well, that's going to happen in the housing market. It's going to be extremely painful for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I started out buying property, in 1984, so uh, I was young, I was very young when I bought my first house. It was great when you could refinance, you could remortgage, and just take cash out. Uh, it was. It gives you the impression of, of, of you know, you're, you're really earning a, making, creating a lot of wealth, but it's, it comes to comes to an end, and and that effect has been huge in America. The, the amount of refinancing. And, it, and it's always been part of the bank's uh, plan because every time you refinance, it starts a clock and you're just paying interest for the first few years of the loan. And that's what they want. They, they want you to be continually paying interest and continually owing a debt because as long as you owe the debt, you're beholden to, to somebody. You, you're going to behave yourself. So they don't want people free and clear. So there's a mixed thing going on. I, I think so, some great fixed mortgage rate debt is great. I mean... Anybody who's got 3% 30 hit fix, you're laughing because you're going to, if they honor it, the dollars you pay back are just going to be, be meaningless.
1: Exactly right. As long as you can make those payments and get yeah. back to consumer health, you know, I agree with you, but even some of these loans financed at two and, and three quarters, two and five eighths, whatever it is, it, it's possible people lose their jobs. I mean, if you talk about consumer not being healthy, you know, a couple of years ago, most consumers didn't have $400 in their bank account if they had an emergency. Yeah. Now they're tapped out and using credit. So it's more of who do you pay? Do you pay yeah. off your house or do you pay off your credit card? You know, yeah. somewhere in the banking system, we're going to start feeling these losses. And if yeah. we continue to have weaker than expected job growth, like I, I alluded to, uh, that's not good, especially with the younger generation. The, the the millennial generation, the Gen Zers are facing a very grim prospect and in terms of being able to pay for their student loan debt, which is why the government's talking about the Biden administration's talking about extending forgiveness. Because they can't pay. And if they can't pay, that is a visible default in the system to the tune of trillions of dollars, potentially trillions of dollars. Certainly billions. And now it's getting too big to ignore. You had it in student loans, you've now got it in credit cards, you're now starting to see it in the mortgage market. And not only that, but with the raising rates and the Fed not being, you know, lender of last resort for all this debt, uh, essentially what you have happening is people aren't gonna be re- refinancing to get you out. So if everybody heads for the exits in the housing market and tries to sell, you're not gonna get your price, but you may not get it at all. You may not, people may not be able to get loans. So it's yeah. setting up a huge default scenario, I think, in, mar- in the real estate market.
0: It's a complex mix. Yeah, and, and talking about student loans, it's ironic that that is the US government's biggest asset. It's the one and a half trillion dollars of student loans that are gonna give, forgive. So, can, you, you, asset? can, can, can really you imagine debt, a, right? can you imagine a business just giving away its biggest asset <laughs> it's like, it's, that's what they're talking about so like, I, I don't know i don't know if they are stupid or or being paid or i, I don't know it, it's just bizarre that the the, the 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 poor level we have in government is 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 yeah i i'm smiling but it, but it's tragic because it it, it, it damages a nation it really does
1: it has. It's undermined our fiscal stability yeah. in transitioning to international. and we were talking before the program about a lot of things that have happened since the last time we talked. Um, Saudi Arabia doing trade for oil in yuan, so end of the petrodollar, which is huge. Yeah. Um, Russia pegging its ruble to gold. So let's talk. Let's talk about some of those things. What do you think? Some of these things, uh, you know, natural gas and oil for rubles and yuan, and Russia pegging their ruble to to gold. What does that do for the petrodollar system, the strength of the US dollar and, and international markets?
0: Well, when it's not compulsory to use dollars, the value of the dollar is going to fall. And we might never even get to see Brent Johnson's dollar milkshake. I was sort of looking forward to that because I own in dollars. I don't leave it in dollars for long. I was really looking forward to the dollar being you know, doubling, trebling in its purchasing power. I might have to pop back to the UK and bought a house or two. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen, Rob. I, I think poor old Brent Johnson's dollar milkshake is um, it's got a hole in the in the bottom of the, of the cup and it's all leaked out. <laughs> it's, it's...
1: I, I do see his point where the dollar is going to be the last of the fiat currencies. Yeah, I would say Western fiat currencies. I think any mistakes made in previous um, assumptions were on the previous world in which China and Russia didn't have, weren't known to have large quantities of gold. Yeah. Hadn't built up their militaries, Mm. hadn't done the Belt and Road Initiative and all of these trade alliances and commodity alliances. But I think now you add in all those factors we've seen and have come to light in the last five to six years. And now I see a situation where the dollar may not be the strongest out of all world currencies. It may just be one of the strongest in the Western market. But the whole Western currency system could explode and you could have China and Russia standing over here saying, We've got commodity access, we've got trade agreements in yeah. yuan and rubles, we've got oil, we've got natural gas, and we've got gold backing all yeah. of this. Yeah. I could see it where it kind of splits, and you have a weakening of the Western currency system at the same time you have a strengthening of yeah. the Eastern currency system.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, the dollar is only a derivative gold. That's that's all it ever – at one time it was exchangeable for foreign nations, and at one – pre-1933 it was exchangeable for American citizens. could take that $20 gold a $20 note and get a $20 gold piece. Um, So if it's a derivative of gold, which it is, all the other currencies that were based on the dollar are derivatives of the dollar, which are derivatives of gold. And I include crypto in that. Cryptos are derivatives of a dollar because it's priced in dollars. Um, So the accounting comes um, when we have to prove how much gold we've got. And China and Russia states how much gold gold they've got. Um, I mean, the ISO could do that. The International Standards Organization, I'm sure some independent body would be quite happy to, to get paid. Or even, you know, one of the Price Pricewaterhouse would probably go and do it for the Chinese, wouldn't they? They work for anybody for the right fee. So sooner or later, and I think it's going to be sooner, they're going to state their physical holdings of gold. And then we'll have to say our physical holdings of gold, which were last audited in 1953. I wonder why they only last ordered it in 1953. I think they've leased it and it's been sold. And we haven't got the 8,000-something tons in physical gold. So we're in a lot of trouble.
1: Western banking. Yeah. I think to back that up, Greenspan did say that they stood ready to intervene on in the gold markets and lease it out yeah to support the dollar yes. and he said this yeah. decades ago so to assume yeah. that they yeah. haven't done some of this now the question is have they gotten it back nobody really knows the answer to this but like you said they haven't done an audit in 60 some years yeah. and as a former auditor i can tell you you can't year to year count on previous uh, even if you did a really solid audit and yeah. knew you know 2021 where a company stood Years period of time is yep. a, is a big window for things to change very very quickly,
0: yep.
1: and if if they were even selling gold for a year out into the market, uh, that would damage, you well, know they've got, the
0: they, they've got form haven't they? Um, from yeah. what they supposedly did with the silver, the two and a half billion ounces that were in the treasury, there were silver certificates that people held, and it was presumed that there was two and a half billion ounces of silver in the U.S. Treasury and then world war Two, the manhattan project congress signed that in secret they could take the silver out of the treasury the treasury could still say they had the silver and it was used to make the calutrons. and they were supposed to have been then turned back into bars put back in the treasury but it doesn't seem like it ever was put back so they've got form for blatantly lying and using congress to lie to say the treasury has two and a half of 2.4 billion ounces of silver when it didn't. So I've never seen anybody actually answer that question. Well, has the U.S. Treasury got 2.4 billion ounces of silver?
1: Well, I think one of the clues there is when President Kennedy in one of his speeches says he wanted to renew the silver standard in terms of exchange for silver certificates. And, of course, that never came to fruition. I don't think it yeah. ever voted upon. Um, I think he was going to try to do it through executive order. I don't know how much that would have actually – you know, I'm, I'm – I'm always confused about executive orders aren't law, mm-hmm. but they do facilitate executive action. So I don't know if that would have done it by itself. But in any case, it didn't That was the late 60s. It never happened. Yeah. So to say now that we do have that silver, or we do have that gold, I think, you know, you have to take any claims that the government makes with a grain of salt. And let's, let's go back to Russia pegging its ruble to gold for a minute. You were talking about how that may affect. Uh, the value of the ruble and the value of, of gold in that market. Kind of walk us through what you think the effects are going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't fully understand all, all the the, the minutiae of it, but they could easily back their ruble one for one with gold 100%. And the last calculations I saw, that would put gold at around $2,000 an ounce. This was about two years ago, I saw this. And people are comparing, and at that time, the U.S. would have to have gold at fifty thousand dollars an ounce to back all of the, and that's not even all of the dollars, <laughs> because we have this crazy, complicated system of M0, M1, M2, M3, M4, and, and and that's just a whole that's obscured with the Fed changing how they've reported it, and they ceased reporting some, and they moved some M2 into M1, and they just shuffle things around just to just to com, confuse, but. To take it back to a real simple basis, I think we just indi- individually need to continually be putting ourselves on a silver and gold standard whilst it's on sale. It, it's vastly underpriced for the units of currency that have been created that huge debasement. And we have this window of opportunity, which is its frustrating with the retail premiums being pushed up so high. Uh, and I feel that's incredibly unfair. And I think that's part deliberate in... in in, in the system and with, with the whole COMEX system, um, retail can't go buy 5,000 ounces and collect it from COMEX. As you, you found out, it's not that, not that easy. So now, now we're being hit with higher and higher premiums, but it's still incredibly on sale. And circling back to, to Putin, um, he knows that the Western financial system is bankrupt. His nation is not bankrupt. His nation is rich in resources. He's rich in land, and as far as he's concerned, his population are dispensable. If, if, if they're not amenable to what he wants to do, they go off to uh, Siberia or, you know, or, or or worse.
1: Or just draft him to, into the army like he did. Yeah, he conscripted. 130,000 yeah, conscripts. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm
1: sure that was a completely fair draft, too. I mean, they weren't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I Tying this back to the consumer, and the reason I want to talk about both here is to make some ties. You mentioned putting ourselves in our own gold-silver standard. It's blatantly obvious with the central bank buying since 2010 yeah. with the way that China and gold have made an overture since 2009 about backing their currencies with gold silver with Russia actually doing it and making non-dollar contracts. It's blatantly obvious that the rest of the world sees the weakness in the dollar system. And getting on your own gold-silver standard can be a way in which you can Flip the tables on what's coming for the dollar we we certainly think it's the dissolution of the the current paper fiat system yeah and if you think about it if you're getting on gold silver now and you're on a fixed rate contract going back to mortgages and credit card Mm. debt that may be your savior yeah so if you're not able to pay all that debt off but you have gold silver you have that reevaluation of gold silver in the international markets which will not be controlled by the bis by the way yeah people think that the bis and imf are all powerful they're not necessarily There are other markets out there in which you can price things. Now Shanghai is getting purposefully, and something I talked at Silver Symposium last year about, I gave a lecture on how China is building out the Shanghai to handle much more commodity trade. They're importing more companies. JP Morgan got involved in that very early on. So somewhat are considered Western banks. Banks are basically working with China to build their commodity sector up. So There's going to be alternative pricing mechanisms. And when that gold and silver resets, that may be the only way in which you can pay off some of those fixed rate contracts like credit card debt and mortgage and, you know, keep your house and keep yourself solvent. Because certainly if you're holding on to dollar-dollar derivative assets, it's going to be very difficult to do so. But the rest of the world is saying, hey, the gold price needs to come up, the silver price needs to come up, and we're going to revalue those. And we have markets over here to do that. That may offer you know, an alternative pricing mechanism for the metals and it may offer people a way to redeem their metals later on to to survive, to to pay for for food that's going up, energy that's going up to pay off their mortgage. And and I don't suppose it would take that much. I mean if gold goes from two thousand an ounce to ten or fifteen thousand an ounce in nominal dollar terms, meaning we're just now recognizing how many dollars have been printed and gold reflects that. I mean it's a lot easier to pay off your mortgage. Yeah, uh, Ian, isn't it that way?
0: absolutely i mean this is what i came to realize way back in 2017 and that's what led me to start buying silver so r- rather than i got several interest only mortgages in the uk but rather than paying the capital down I, I pay the interest well the tenants pay the interest and i've been buying silver and I know that is going to be able to pay a lot more of the capital off, off the loans than if I just put that money into just reducing the the capital. Um, so yeah, I, is is it guaranteed? I, I would argue it is. I think it's a certainty. Uh, precious metals always give an accounting for debasement of currency. Every, every time, every every you know. I think we've had four thousand fiat currencies in the history of banking, they've all reverted to zero. Whereas if you'd bought gold with them before they reverted to zero, your, your gold or your silver is, got, is more than maintain the purchasing power. And there's a tipping point where your the actual real value of your debt is falling rapidly as the dollar dies or your pound dies or your Euro dies. And at the same time, your silver, gold and silver is skyrocketing as, as it's taking into account the debasement. So there's, it's going to be, a large window of opportunity to, to pay off a huge, if you have debts or loans, and and to, to secure your your home.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, that was the thesis I came up with probably 10 or 12 years ago when I started writing about this for Seeking Alpha and Yahoo finds in all these sites and, and why I started silver prayers. Um, just because I understand the value that Gold is gonna have, it's such a unique investment proposition it's been around for so long that I don't think a lot of the younger generations understand certainly they're going to other things like crypto, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But I think that the value proposition of gold silver is still there. People that say it's a barbarous relic simply need to look at the policy being put out by the BIS, you know, in terms of Basel III and how they value gold. Need to look at the central bank buying, the commercial bank interventions into, yeah. into the markets yeah. to take the physical off while they short the price and take it off cheaply. Simply need to look at Russia pegging its ruble to gold. Why gold? Why not Bitcoin? You know, not not disparaging Bitcoin, but there's a reason why they're doing it. Gold. There's historical precedent for that. Yeah. So I do think commodity money is still, to this day, even despite the advancements and other types of currency still to this day the bedrock of of a healthy financial system. It would not surprise me if we get into a conflict with China over Taiwan or something like that that they do the same thing in gold in their currency. Uh, It would not surprise me at all. And And I think. You can get into other things. You can be into stocks and real estate and crypto, and, and that's okay if you want to speculate in this. But I think gold and silver still have their place. The commodity money still has its place. Yeah. You know, and that's why we like to talk about it because there's so few people that understand. And if you're one of those people that understand and you get into it, your pricing power compared to the rest of the market is going to be just so immense, Ian. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really allows you to have so much more flexibility. Mm. having that versus the market which doesn't have you know those types of assets
0: yeah i mean zero counterparty risk you're not relying on anybody else to do anything or a whole chain of other people and entities to do do stuff which is our currency, any anything whatever it is you're relying on other people to to function and and do what they're supposed to do and sort of going back to what you said about the bis making gold a tier one asset well, the only other tier one asset at the moment is US US debt. That's not going to be tier one for long. So, what does that leave? Does he own? That will leave gold. as he only one tier one asset? It's not. It's not by accident the BIS have yeah. put that into place because you can bet bet your bottom dollar that all the people in the BIS have a lot of gold personally. I mean, heck, the, the, yeah. the headquarters is in Basel, Switzerland. All right, you know. <laughs> That's where probably half of the, the whole of the, all the gold of the world is in, in the Swiss mountains in private
1: vaults. <laughs> mm. Most
0: of it yeah, probably- Yeah, they, grew- they
1: know this how the system- Of <laughs> course they do. You look back at World yeah. War II yeah. And, yeah. and Hitler yeah. taking everybody's gold. He would go into countries and take their gold first. Yeah. And yeah. and stockpile the gold for, because that's how they, they funded their war machine. But also a lot of the people, you know, in that that regime were taking gold. It was gold first, and then it was other things like artwork and and real estate. But gold was always the number one thing that they took because they understood the the tremendous value that it had.
0: And it was the first thing that Hitler made illegal for Germans to own personally. And I think Stalin or Lenin, they did the same. made it illegal for their citizens to own it because it's private. Well, And and amazingly, I, I don't understand why in America where there's nothing that is private anymore. I mean, people think that crypto is private. Well, they're deluded. It is not private. Every every transaction is recorded.
1: It's on the so, chain, yeah. Sooner or later. So it's, s- it's,
0: sooner or
1: later. You can put it on a private, like a, yeah. you know, a little private. Hardware device, wallet, but, yeah. But to get it into the system to trade it, exactly. you have to go to one of these exchanges, yeah. and so then it becomes yeah. registered. So that's fine if that's what you want to do. Yeah. You can do private exchanges, you know, on Lightning yeah. Network but but it but to actually be able to spend it and to have those transactions validated it has to go on the public chain yeah and uh mit did a paper a couple of years ago that said that there's zero privacy in this because once it gets on the chain and you're on and off ramping it through the banking system they, they know who you are which is fine again not a criticism of bitcoin or the cryptos but you know because people use them i have a friend that uses it to send money to his family in the philippines and it's cheaper than sending wires and great for him, you know, great yeah. that he can do that. So I've got no problem with that. But but, it, okay. but, you're right, Ian, it's not private. Yeah. In that when you have to go to the market, you have to announce who you are. Yeah. That's the way the blockchain works. It's, it's yeah. not a private uh, transaction.
0: And for, um, some re- for some reason, gold and silver, platinum, precious metal purchases are non-reportable. And I can't think, I mean, may, maybe one of our viewers will tell us, I can't think of any other transaction that you do that is non-reportable. You buy a car, everybody knows about it, you know? And he, you, your pension and, you know, the whole well, american because it's money,
1: and money shouldn't be reportable as as an asset. A lot of states have backed that up by removing sales taxes and said, yes, you mm. can exchange gold and silver for, you can use it to pay off, uh, uh, use it to pay. The big thing is when they say you can use it to pay taxes because then it's recognizing it as money. Yeah, And that has been done in a couple of states, not all but a lot of them removing transaction costs from gold and silver is recognizing it as money and not as an asset. And so it, it should then remove it from the, the the conversation of capital gains, even though the IRS, I think, differs in opinion yeah. from some of the states. And I see that a big battle coming between the states and the federal on, the you know, is gold truly money or is it an asset? I think a lot of the states are moving to, towards its money. Yeah, Texas, Tennessee, Nevada, Utah, those kind of states are basically saying, hey, we see gold as money. And I think they see the state level says, instead of using the, the devaluating federal dollar, we need something else to help backstop our finances. And I think that's why you've seen these states step up and yeah, and really emphasize gold in, in, in their systems. But there's a battle coming because the IRS and the feds aren't going to like that. And so I see I, I see this probably going to the Supreme Court at some point. About states' rights and, and, and uh, money Yeah, the federal.
0: Maybe things will develop a bit quicker, Rob, because if the dollar carries on losing value at, what, 15%, 20%, mm-hmm. um, how are they going to pay the people that work for the IRS?
1: Or the military or how, you know, what the entire pay entire government them with? mechanism, I, 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 right? <laughs> are they going to pay them with gold and with, silver yeah. or Bitcoin? What are, what are they going to yeah.
0: pay them with, with, with the SNAP program? and are they gonna pay their mortgages yeah. for them? Are they gonna provide them housing? Are they gonna give them gas, give them a car when the dollar really just won't buy it anymore? Mm-hmm. And we know inflation is high. And, and I think I remember you asked me last year, prediction of inflation, and I said 25% mm-hmm. Q1. And it's like, well, interestingly, I just read in the Wall Street Journal that a significant proportion of CEOs of the S&P 500 companies Guess what their pay rise was? 25%.
1: <laughs> and they're reporting higher input costs than what the inflation yeah. rate is. They're saying yeah. it's more 15 to 20%. Yeah. So,
0: so w- yeah. we're, we're getting close We're getting close to the 20s now in a- yeah. actual what we have to buy.
1: Real-world inflation. Yeah. Things that we have to buy that are inputs yeah. into making yeah. products are sitting between 15 and 20 And if you look at shadow stats, they use 80s methodologies. Very straightforward methodology. It's around 15 yeah. So.
0: And the Chapwood yeah. indexed independently with the history Chapwood cities. Index, yeah. 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 So,
1: so um, let's talk about silver deals. You're, you know, silver dealer, the the great thing about you is you offer it to people probably cheaper than anybody else. The way that you operate, um, you don't have as many costs in your system. You're very efficient and you're able to get good deals. And instead of offering a full slate of products and having very expensive premiums like everybody else, what you look for are, ways in which you can pass savings on on available silver on the market to people so yeah. talk about some deals that you may have.
0: Yeah. We're still doing the big thousand ounce bars, um, that very volatile premiums. So they change hour by hour, um, can get as low as 99 cents still, but sometimes it's a fair bit higher and still have the, the famous 40% Kennedy halves. Um, the premium has gone up to 129. Still, incredibly cheap. and That's per ounce of silver.
1: That's one twenty-nine per ounce of silver, and yeah. I challenge you to find any ounce of silver that you can get for a dollar twenty-nine. You know, in small size. Forget the thousand yeah. ounce part for a minute and that's... that the average person could afford. You're not going to find that anywhere
0: else. Yeah, and it's great because you get seven of these as just over an ounce of silver, so it's one seventh of an ounce of silver.
1: And if we go to commodity money, there's two two advantages to using U.S. minted coins. Yeah. People are going to recognize them. And you have smaller denominations; you can trade yeah. it for a loaf of bread. Yeah,
0: and and, like and and there's hundreds of thousands of copies of the the red book, the, the coin, but it's printed every year, and so it's common knowledge and printed common knowledge. You haven't got to rely on anything electronic to to prove what it is. You can buy your mm-hmm. copy of your red book now when you buy your coins, and you can show people, look, this is what it is, and this is how much silver it's got, and how much copper, how much manganese, um, and then I've just started doing the war nickels, so. They're a bit dirty, but they're pretty good shape. 1932. So during,
1: during World War II, the story yep. is that nickel was so valuable that they substituted silver back when we could do that. So the war nickels actually have silver in them instead of nickel.
0: Yeah, they're 35% silver. Uh, mm. So 20 war nickels have one and one eighth of an ounce of silver in them. And then 56% is copper, and the other 9% is manganese. and you get though you get that metal for three. So I, th- I think at some point in time, people will be smelting them down to extract the copper and the manganese. The copper for
1: sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and and the manganese is a crucial crucial metal for a lot of alloys. Um, so yeah, we're doing those at around two fifty premium per, per ounce. So I think Very they're good. a great deal. And then yeah, still getting the kilos. So Valcambis or
1: I think I the Deers. I think I... Sold you some kilos for your inventory, Ian. So, yeah, that's
0: I think that could be one of yours, Rob. You can check the number, <laughs> yeah. see if you recognize that. <laughs> and then I did get a few of these beautiful Germania one kilos. So, I oh, those are gorgeous. and they have like a holograph, hologram.
1: You know, there's there. nothing, Ian, there is nothing like holding a kilo no. silver bar in your hand, like even well, more than gold. I don't know,
0: 100. The 100's Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, the kilo to me is perfect. Yeah, it's not sure. too big. It's yeah. not too small. And, and I enjoy yeah. holding that more than I do even my gold yeah. coins. I, there's something about that kilo bar of silver. I'm like, wow, this is, yeah. Yeah. it just, it, it feels natural.
0: Yeah. And at the moment, it's it's equivalent to the 100 ounce bar, the price per ounce, so uh, a smaller denomination for the same, same rate.
1: Uh, That's the key for savers who are just putting a little weight every month. Yeah. Some people can't do the million dollar order, the $100,000 yeah. order. But they could do, you know, a few hundred dollars yeah. a month or every six weeks and, and that's key. And those yeah. bars are great because they're gonna be recognized and very easy to move. If you go to your local coin dealer, you know, three years from now, you're gonna be able to move those bars pretty pretty easily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then the one ounce coins, the premiums have just blown out. I mean, American Silver yeah. Eagles, fifteen dollars. It's just ridiculous. So I I I'm, I will reluctantly sell some, but it won't be fifteen dollars. I'll probably charge about twelve. $12 premium yeah. on, on eagles. We have some 2020 Britannias come in. Very beautiful. They're the least expensive government coin at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I uh, did get a fair And match. those are
1: a British coin, right? Ian? Yes,
0: British coin, but Sunshine Mint makes the blanks for them.
1: Really? Yeah. They?
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, good for Sunshine yeah. Mint.
0: And then we did manage, thanks to Bob Coleman, he sourced me some um, Armenian Noah's Arcs, which are, even better value than the government coins at the moment. So and
1: he's, is it goldsilvervault.com for Bob? Coleman? Yes. Yeah. We'll give him a little bit of free advertising. I, I have some, stored some stuff with him, stand up guy. So, goldsilvervault.com. Yeah. All right, Ian. So, we're going to say how you can get these deals. If, you, if they go to you and mention Gold Silver Pros, they'll get the deals. If they go to our website and click on Precious Metals Deals and fill out the form, it'll email you and us and we'll, we'll track it, and make sure they get their metals. And uh, so far, you've been doing a bang-up job for us. A, a lot of customers have come through, and we appreciate you helping out. The main thing, that when I bring an, a, you know, an affiliate on, I want to make sure that they're providing service, number one, and also value to, to the people that follow the program. And you got you guys have done a great job so far. I've heard nothing but good stuff. Thank you, Rob. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this one. It's about 35 minutes. I think that's long enough. We'll have Ian back on every couple of weeks to talk about inventories, to talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, And to offer good precious metals deals because at the end of the day, if you're stacking, that's what it's all about. So, Ian, thank you so much for joining the program. We appreciate you. Thank you, Rob.